Welcome back. This is part three of healing your relationships. So this this segment talking about the eight dates from the Gottman Institute. This is more focused on people who are dating or married. However, this can these skills and tools can transfer over to other relationships in terms of connecting with others and being a better listener and just healing relationships all around. So yes, we are focusing on romantic partners in this segment, but if you don't have a romantic partner, it's worth listening to anyway, because in the future you probably will have one. And uh, in the meantime, you can use some of these skills with people who are not romantic partners, maybe a friend, maybe a parent, uh, somebody that you need to heal a relationship with. So this is, I'm, I'm just going to share parts of the book with you. And I highly encourage you to buy the book on Amazon. It's called Eight Dates. And um, it is by Mr. and Mrs. Gottman of the Gottman Institute. So they have worksheets within the book. And that's what I'm going to go over with you. The rest you'll have to buy and read on your own. <clears throat> so, one of the first exercises is titled, How Much Do You Actually Cherish Your Partner? And the instructions say to imagine a life-size cut-out portrait of your partner. And imagine covering the portrait with sticky notes that tell the story of all you've accomplished and enjoyed together. It can be all the fun times, the comforts, the silly small things, the dreams, the frustrations, and all of the things that you've overcome. And just consider your whole story and what living this life together so far has given you. Now, if you don't choose to buy the book and you want to complete this exercise, you can get a big package of post-it notes and write all of those things one by one and stick them on your partner. (laughs) Or you can do a poster board or a chalk outline outside and use the chalk to write everything inside of the outline. So I'm gonna go ahead and read some of the prompts below. And each one is a reason to communicate that you cherish your partner. They are simple yes and no answers and there are a lot of them and that's for a reason. So thinking about ways to cherish your partner will give you power to connect deeper. Also, um, because it's not likely that each and every one will resonate for you, there are a whole bunch listed. But for the ones that do resonate, hopefully a lot of them, um, make a commitment to tell your partner that you cherish these qualities in him or her. And, um, Don't be like the Swedish farmer who loved his wife so much that one day he almost told her. (laughs) There's a story in the book about that. You really need to read it. It's, It's great. So create the ritual time. Maybe once a week for cherishing your partner out loud. If you'd like to download and print these exercises, go to 8datesbook.com. So the next segment here is titled, I told you that I cherish you because... 
and then I'm just gonna go and read off a lot of examples and I want you to come up with your own too but I'll give you some examples uh, the first one says we have played together and had fun next one we have laughed together very easily we have traveled well together no one in the world can replace you you are unique we have been able to comfort each other we have worked out our finances together we have learned to truly trust each other you have supported a personal dream of mine you have been a great provider we have had some great adventures we have had some great road trips we have enjoyed learning together you know me well i love the way you experience nature we enjoy singing together you have been trustworthy you are worth more to me than all the riches and jewels in the world you have been loyal i love how spontaneous you can be you have taught me a lot you have understood my personal goals we play music together i respect your wisdom you have loved or helped some of my relatives i love how organized and efficient you are i respect your values you understand my sense of humor we enjoy sex we have a good sex life you always look great you always smell good i can really count on you when the chips are down we fell in love with each other you can make me feel safe we love our children together you're a kind person you have forgiven me i love how romantic you are i love that you are actually attracted to me <laughs> you are generous and we have worked out some major conflicts between us so that's a few um i would like for you to come up with some of your own of course those are some great examples uh here here are a few more you're thoughtful you love my mother we have had some really romantic trips and dates our values and beliefs have meshed i respect your intelligence i love the way you have at times really listened to me you're a wonderful parent when i was sick you took care of me i like how nice you are to strangers i'm grateful that i can feel so proud of you i appreciate the fact i can be myself with you i love the fact that you are not arrogant you are my best friend i love our spiritual connection i love that we can be proud of what we have built together in life so the list does go on and on and on um but i'm going to stop there because it will take over an hour to go through all of it i just want to give you some basic ideas the next exercise is titled we all have issues so in this book they created a list of 25 topics that could represent fundamental differences in your personalities that could create conflict or fundamental differences in your lifestyles and needs that may also be a source of conflict. So this exercise is an opportunity for you to get to know each other in a different way and learn to be curious about what your potential sources of conflict might be during your relationship. So 
We'll go over each item and you pick the top three to five that jump out at you and write down how you feel about each of those issues. Do you feel it's a significant conflict right now? Do you think it will be in the future? Um, You're going to discuss some of this on your dates. So take time to consider the topic. Some couples choose to explore every topic and they wrote down how they felt about every area. You do what seems reasonable for you. Some people like to take things one step at a time. So as you think about what you need, just keep it positive and what you do need as opposed to what you don't need. So focus on what you do need and keep the negatives out of it. Just try to keep it as positive as possible and very specific. So here are some examples. It's like a recipe for success. Um, An example would be, I would like you to respect me. I would like to feel heard when I talk to you and listen to. I would like you to turn off your electronic devices at dinner so we can just talk and be together. So explore and be ready to discuss these topics. How are we the same and how are we different? How can we accommodate and accept the differences between us? Are there differences we cannot accept? So I've, I've talked before about writing down everything you want from the marriage and everything you're not willing to budge on. And this is a, an exercise very similar. So then there's a list, differences in neatness and organization. One person might be a type A, um, seeming like they have OCD, everything in its place and everything has to be nice and tidy, while the other one might be more disorganized and doesn't care if there's a little bit of a mess. Another difference could be punctuality, where maybe you're on time or early all the time and your significant other is pretty casual and oftentimes late. Maybe there are differences in doing certain tasks and getting things done. Um, One of you may be a multitasker, very efficient, doing a lot of things at the same time, while the other one might want to focus on one thing at a time and could possibly leave stuff unfinished while jumping into something else. Are there differences in emotionality? Maybe one one partner is very expressive emotionally and the other one doesn't express emotion much at all. So one person might value exploring emotions more than the other. Um, another is differences in wanting time together versus time apart or being alone. Um, this really depends on what personality type you are. Are you the type of person who is the life of the party and feels energized after being around others? Or are you the type of person who feels drained after being at a party and around others? If you're the type of person who feels drained, you need a lot of time alone so that you can refuel your batteries. And uh, one person might want more time alone than the other. And one person might want more time together. So these these reflect basic differences in wanting autonomy versus interdependence. Differences in optimal sexual frequency. Oftentimes in a couple, one person wants sex more often than the other. So look at that and 
figure out who wants sex more often and who is not seeming to want it. And remember the phrase resistance, persistence causes resistance. Sometimes when you back off a little bit, they come to you. So if you're, if you're the one who wants it more frequently and you're constantly asking for it, the other person might just be resisting you because, geez, so much pressure. So that can cause a conflict. Um, differences in talking about your sex life. Maybe one partner wants to talk about it and try to make it better and explore and figure out what each of you prefers in this area, keep it spontaneous, keep it unexamined. And the other person wants to talk about it a little bit, schedule it not so spontaneous, and it's more routine. So that's definitely something to explore. Differences in finances. One of you might be financially conservative, a worrier, a planner, a budgeter, while the other one just says, hey, you only live once, and they spend more than the other partner and has a philosophy of of living in the moment you know let's go to disneyland we have we have ten thousand dollars let's go right now and the other one's saying no let's save that and invest it instead and so that can cause a conflict too because hey let's go have fun let's live in the moment um Differences in adventure. One person might be very adventurous and willing to take risks and venture into the unknown while the other is very cautious, risk averse, and wants any adventure to be worked out in advance so that it's mostly planned and predictable with no surprises. There would be differences with respect to relatives. One person wants more independence from their relatives, and the other one wants more closeness and connection. Um, There are differences in how to approach household chores and childcare. One person may want equal division while the other doesn't agree with this principle or feels it may be unrealistic. Differences in how to discuss disagreements. One person wants to be able to fight openly and be as emotionally expressive as possible while the other may require more logical, calm, and rational approaches to conflict without all the emotion. Differences in expressing anger. One person is comfortable expressing or receiving anger and wants the freedom to express it and tends to get overly angry pretty easily. And the other one sees that anger as being potentially destructive and disrespectful and wants anger to be eliminated from interactions between the two of you. Differences in how to raise and discipline children. One person tends to be more strict while the other is a little more lax. Um, Differences in how to deal with sadness. One person may prefer to ignore moments of sadness and problem solve and get on with life while the other wants to be able to talk about that sadness and be listened to empathically. Differences in preferred activity levels. One person might be hyper and active while the other likes to be calm and less active. One might be a morning person. Uh, crack a dawn Ron, right? I'm up. The sun's going to come up in a minute. Let's get this day going. And the other person is not a morning person. No, leave me alone. I'm grumpy. 
So there's a big difference in activity levels sometimes. Differences in socializing. One person is more extroverted. They're the life of the party. They get energized by being with others. And the other is more introverted, feels drained around a bunch of people, and feels more energized after solitude. Differences in influence and power. One person may prefer to be more dominant in decision-making, while the other prefers that you're more equal. Differences in ambition and the importance of work. One person is far more ambitious and oriented towards work and success, while the other focuses more on quality of family life and fun. Differences with respect to religion and spirituality. One person may value it more than the other. One person may want to go to church while the other says, nah, I'm okay, my body's my temple, I'll pray in my head, I'm fine. Um, Differences with respect to drugs and alcohol. One person may be more tolerant to the use of recreational stuff than the other. Differences in independence. One feels a greater need to be independent versus interconnected like the other. Um, Differences in excitement. One person feels a great need to have life be exciting and adventurous. You're kind of an adrenaline junkie. And the other one's like, yeah, whatever. I'll just go to work and do my daily routine. Differences in fidelity. There are major differences in how loyal sexually or romantically you want to be or have been to each other. Differences in having fun. One person tends to be serious and doesn't think much about the concept of having fun, while the other is very playful and goofy and silly, and sometimes that can cause a a conflict. So the next piece is, the next exercise is my family history with money because couples oftentimes fight about money. That's a very common source of conflict. So each of you will complete this questionnaire before your date when you choose the topic of money. And then on the date, you'll share this this list that you've answered. And you, you want to remember each date, each exercise that you share with each other on your dates must include using the fair fighting rules and using active listening. And remember, you're not doing this to prove who's right or wrong. That's off the table. You're not doing this to say, oh, I know more than you. I'm smarter than you. I'm better. It's not anything like that. This is just to be curious about each other and understand each other more. There's no need to be defensive. There's no need to be um, inflammatory and attacking. You're just going to share your experiences and how it shaped and molded you into who you are today with your partner on these dates. And hopefully the dates will end with lots of love. So the next exercise, my family history with money. What did your maternal and paternal grandparents do for a living? How well off were your grandparents? What did your parents do for a living? How well off were your parents? What were your parents' attitudes about money? How did you view these parental ideas as a child? Did your parents feel comfortable spending money? How did you view those attitudes about money as a child? 
Did your parents save money or invest it? Did your family take vacations or travel together when you were growing up? And how did you view those vacations? Was money ever discussed? Did your family entertain? How did you view this as a child? Were there a lot of dinner parties and barbecues? And what did it look like? Did your family engage in philanthropy or charitable activities? So did you guys go to a homeless shelter and help the homeless? Did you donate and volunteer time at at the uh, St. Jude's Hospital? Anything like that? Did you ever experience that as a child? As a child, did you have allowance? How much did you get and what did you think of that allowance? What did you do with it? What is your own work history? What kind of jobs have you worked at and what did you value or not value about them? What does money mean to you personally and why? Did your parents celebrate your birthdays? Did you feel special? Did you have a birthday cake? Did that fact matter to you as a child? Probably most of us wanted a cake, right? Kids love cake. (laughs) How did your parents show you that they were proud of you? Or did they not show you that they were proud of you? Did you get presents on holidays? What did your parents teach you about money, and how do you feel about those teachings now? What did your family's history teach you about money, and what's your attitude now? What were your family's values about money? What do you agree with, and what do you disagree with? What is your most painful money memory? Tell the story of that memory to your partner. What is your happiest or best money memory share that with your partner as well and then the next piece of this exercise is what what enough money means to me and we'll get right to that right after this quick break another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, what money means to me? This one, you will grade it with a number so five would be strongly agree four would be agree three is I don't know I don't agree or disagree two is agree and one is strongly disagree or two is disagree I apologize and one is strongly disagree so five strongly agree one strongly disagree for me having enough money means having power For me, having enough money means being independent. For me, enough money means not having to rely on anyone else. For me, enough money means being responsible. For me, enough money means being able to relax and not worry. There are a ton of questions on here that you will rate from five to one, five being strongly agree and one being strongly disagree. Money means love, caring, and affection to me. Having enough money means safety, security, and stability. 
Having money means having control. Having money means being able to have luxury. Having money means filling a void in my life. Having money means feeling rich and comfortable. So the conflicts around money are best navigated when you understand the ways your history with money are the same or different with your partner. So what to each of you constitutes having enough? With this quiz, you can delve deeper into understanding what money means to your partner and think about how each of you contribute to the greater wealth of your relationship, whether it's time or work around the house or financially. It's never too late to understand your partner's relationship and history with money, and it's never too late for you to figure out yours. So sometimes when when people, I've assigned these exercises to a lot of people, and I've recommended the book to a lot of a lot of couples. And what's very interesting is that sometimes when you complete these things, sometimes you surprise yourself and you learn something about yourself that you didn't realize you knew or that maybe you forgot. So good exercises. And then this one I love, it's called for the fun of it. And you read through the list before your date, you circle all the stuff on the list that represents a starting point for how you would like to play or have an adventure with your partner. And then you put a star next to the top three that you want to do first. And for the truly adventurous, you can use the list as a weekly suggestion for something new until you guys have tried them all. And so they've created quite a list here to, you know, take a hike, take a drive somewhere you both want to explore that you've never been, plan a picnic, play a board game or a card game, share or learn a new video game together, shop for cars, antiques, new clothes, and you you can shop without buying. You can go test drive a Ferrari and then come back and say, nah, and just have fun. You can plan a meal together and invite friends over and have a little party. You can cook a new dish from a new cuisine that you've never tried together. You could choose a new restaurant or explore a new type of food to go try. You could play catch. You could learn a new language together or at least a couple of sentences. Speak in foreign accents while you're doing anything. You could go on your date and decide we're going to use an English accent tonight for the fun of it. Or we're going to pretend we're from Australia and role play and have fun. Um, Go bicycling or rent a bicycle for two people. Go roller skating or ice skating. Rent segways and cruise around. Row a boat or a canoe or go kayaking. Go to a bookstore and explore books in a section that you wouldn't normally explore in. Go visit wildlife, bird watching, whale watching, zoo or aquarium. Learn a new sport together. Go see a live performance, a play, an improv, a musical, stand-up comedy, circus, dance. Take a performance class together like improv, acting, singing, or stand-up comedy. Read a joke book together. You could do a Mad Libs book as well. Those are kind of funny. Read a book of poems together or alternate reading one joke and one poem. Go dancing. Go fishing. Go take a salsa class, a line dancing class. Go to a concert. Create a playlist of music from when you first met and dance together. 
work out together, get tickets to your favorite sports event and cheer together, go to a spa and just enjoy being together in a hot tub or sauna, sing loudly together, go go to karaoke night and out sing everybody, go to an art gallery or museum, pretend you're spies while you're, while you're at the mall, <laughs> go wine tasting or beer tasting or chocolate tasting, climb a hill, a mountain, or a friendly tree, tell stories about the most embarrassing or entertaining episode of your lives, go to a climbing gym, go to a trampoline gym, go to a theme park, play in the water together, swim, water ski, paddle boat, sailing, kayaking, make a date to meet somewhere and pretend you don't know each other and you're meeting for the first time and then flirt and try to seduce each other. Color, draw, or paint together. There are great deals on paint nights on Groupon. Super fun, I highly recommend it. Make something together such as a craft, a pottery, model airplane, clothing, costumes, or woodwork. Throw an impromptu party and invite everyone who's available at the moment, just be spontaneous. Do yoga together or take a couples class in yoga. Learn couples massage. Go for a walk in a new neighborhood. Write a love letter with your non-dominant hand. So if you're right-handed, write them a love letter with your left hand. And if you're left-handed, write it with your right hand. Ride the local bus system around town instead of driving. Stay up all night. See if you can stay up all night and talk. Turn off all your electronic devices for the entire day. Take a cooking class. Ask a couple you don't know very well to go on a double date with you. Try a new sport. Play in the mud. Go bungee jumping. Travel to an exotic country. Do something you've always wanted to do but were afraid to try. So that's some of their examples. And um, you can definitely come up with some of your own. You know, like in the last episode I mentioned... The date night where they go into Target or Walmart or a grocery store and you take turns having the other person walk and you yell stop and then whatever they point at is what you have to have for your date tonight. That's kind of fun. I've had a a few couples do that and they had a blast. Um, The next exercise is shared meaning questionnaire. And this is all about things that have meaning to both of you. So, holiday meals. Um, Do you see eye to eye about different rituals and traditions for family dinner time in your home? End of the workday reunions in your home are supposed to be special times, or are they? Um, Do you see eye to eye about the role of TV and screen time in your home? Is bedtime generally a good time for being close for both of you? Um, Do you have similar intentions and desires about entertaining in your home? Do you have unique and specific ways of becoming renewed and refreshed together when you're burnt out? When you go do errands, do you have a good time? When you spend time in the morning, is it special to you? When you get sick, do you feel like your partner takes care of you? So you'll answer these questions. There's more than that, but um, I'm skipping ahead. You'll answer these questions, especially if you've had very true answers to these they're true or false create your own rituals of connection by discussing 
the following with your partner. We can eat dinner together. Let's set a time for that. How can we make our dinner time special? What's the meaning of our dinner time besides just simply eating food? What was dinner time like in each of our families growing up? How should we part at the beginning of each day? Big hug, kisses. What was it like in our families growing up when we saw mom and dad part to go to work? And what should our reunions be like? You know, in the old 50s shows, it's, honey, I'm home. And she runs out with a martini and gives him his slippers. (laughs) But today's a little different, right? So some people kiss and greet each other when they have their reunion after a work day and some don't some don't even speak it's like they walk in and put their stuff down and grab a beer and sit down and or whatever and there's not a lot of talking so you get together with your partner put your heads together and decide what should we do let's start our own tradition let's make it good for both of us What should getting ready for bed be like for you and your partner? What was it like in your families when you were growing up? Do you want to stick to that or do you want to start your own traditions? What do weekends mean to you guys? What were they like in your families growing up and how can you make them meaningful? And then vacations. Growing up, what were vacations like and how do you want your vacations to feel as a couple? Pick a special holiday What is the true meaning of this holiday? Is it Christmas? Is it Thanksgiving? Is it the 4th of July? How was it celebrated in your families growing up? And how would you like to celebrate it now with your partner? So there are quite a few um, to go over. And I'm happy to share these with you. Or um, you can, you know, always go to the website and download them as well. So your hopes and your aspirations as individuals and together for your children, your life in general, for your old age, are they compatible? If not, then put your heads together and figure out a plan. You'll be talking about spirituality, your goals, write your own eulogy. What would you like it to say? What qualities or accomplishments would you most like to be remembered for at the time of your death? Share that with your partner. What are your dreams? That's another exercise. Dream levels. Circle the dreams on this list that you have or write in some of your own in the spaces provided. So there's a whole list of different dreams, examples, to help others, to develop mastery of something, to age gracefully, to create my own family, to heal my past, to heal others travel the world, fight for justice, experience peace, get to know myself better. There there are quite a few on the list. And then that is that. So these are the activities and the questions and the comments that you will use when you go on the eight dates. So Please get the book. I, I think you'll be pleased with the book if you do go on Amazon and buy it. Um, also, another book that is fantastic for healing your romantic relationships is The Love Dare. It's called The Love Dare, and um, it's associated with the movie Fireproof. 
that book is amazing. It gives you activities to do every day. There is a lot of scripture in it. So if if you're not spiritual and you don't want to read the scripture, you can skip the scripture and just go straight to the activity. If you are spiritual, I think the scripture is helpful and therapeutic um, if you are a spiritual person. So if you get the Love Dare book, you want to get one for you and one for your partner. And both of you go through it individually and complete those activities until you get to the end of the book. And I have assigned that to several couples who have come out the other side and they were able to heal their marriage. And some of them I definitely thought would be getting divorced. (laughs) But if you're both 100% in and you both 100% want the marriage to work, and you both 100% use the tools, open your heart and your mind, forgive each other, learn to compromise, you can build the trust back. And if the person that you're with is worth it to you and you love them that much, you'll make it work. And so will they. So this will this is the end. This is the third segment on healing relationships. And of course, there will be future episodes on this topic as I come up with more that will be helpful. I definitely take requests for podcasts. If there's something, if there's a certain topic that you would like some tools to work on, let me know. Please don't forget to subscribe and share to help others as well and I hope that you and your partner your hearts heal and your relationship improves thank you for tuning in to your therapy tools